Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Tony Katz. It's Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett, and as usual, there are a lot of shenanigans. Not actually, that's that's not really the case. See, this isn't like usual. Because normally I would I would hop on and I would give you a quick series of news bites that tell you exactly what's going on in the country, uh, how that may affect you as a Hoosier. And unfortunately, in the last week, a lot of the other Indiana news has been focused on um, stuff that, quite frankly, doesn't mean a whole lot to what you're doing in your time and day. Uh, allow me to explain what I mean. See, the Indiana Republicans, and quite honestly, the state at large, has a great talent for losing focus. The things that uh, were on my news feeds this week, when I logged on to like WTHR, or I looked at the Indianapolis Star, or even from some of my friends around on the conservative side of the aisle, um, have been focused on things that, quite frankly, uh, don't matter. And, and, and I say don't matter because, look, I, I know that there are some people um, who I work with and I get along with very, very well, and they're very passionate about the kind of, of local news that they say is like super duper critical. Uh, Tony Katz and Rob Kendall both talked about that today. Um, very passionate about local news and, and the deep down exposing things. And I agree. Absolutely. There is a story that I have received this afternoon that Noblesville High School is allegedly building a STEM, uh, a new STEM building. And uh, it has it is going to include an all gender restroom. Now, I don't mean an all gender restroom as in like the family bathroom, like when you go to the hospital and there's like the restroom that anybody can use. And it's just one toilet and sink and like a nice handicap accessible bar in there. That's not what I'm talking about. When I mean an all gender restroom, it appears based on the plans that were sent to me that this is like a normal bathroom for one gender with like stalls um, and then a sink. And this is an all gender restroom so anybody can go in there and use the bathroom now that worked out really well in Loudoun County you know where the kid was sexually assaulted that I think is a story that's probably worth uh, investigating so again I don't know all of the details of that all I know is is what I was sent several times this afternoon we'll be reaching out to that school I promise and giving you more information on it if that turns out to be true now some of the stories that have made headlines this week from WTHR uh, to Channel 6, Fox 59, and the Indy Star include nonsense about, did you hear that, that some poll person that, that, that Eric Holcomb knew like 10 years ago once received money for, for something or, or, or the Indiana Supreme Court or, or Diego Morales doing something stupid again? Yeah, big shock and surprise there. Uh, Jim Lucas uh, was talking about concealed carry and he, he showed kids that he had a gun in his holster because he said he carries. Or, well, what's going to happen with John Russ, the expensive egg farmer? I, I'm here to tell you guys a little secret. Uh, lean, lean a little closer to, to the radio. Uh, unless you're driving, that, that's not safe. Um, just, just lean a little closer. 
the average Hoosier does not care about those stories because most of those are silly, nonsensical nothing burgers. They're not nothing burgers because the stories themselves don't have any merit. And they're not nothing burgers because, you know, it, we, of course we should talk about that. You know, look, the Secretary of State should not be using his office to endorse candidates, whether it's a candidate that I like, and I do like Jim Banks, or not. That's not what his office is for. And, and regardless of how you feel about the news, obviously news should be reported. But in the world in which we are currently, right now, when the international world is on fire, we are drone and air striking targets with Lancer bombers in Syria, drone striking uh, targets in Iraq of Iranian-backed militias. We're going to be talking about the Sinaloa cartel literally blockading the southern border from Texas through Arizona to New Mexico. Uh, I had an opportunity this week or this morning, actually, uh, Kendall, Casey and I, before the show, ended up talking to a Department of Homeland Security uh, individual who had spent quite a bit of time down at the border and told me things and showed us things that are egregious. We'll be talking about that later. Those stories are far more important to the average Hoosier than uh, talking about I, I, what John Rust is bothered by this week or, or who Holcomb's second cousin once knew in regards to this. I, I don't care. And, and quite honestly, Hoosiers outside the donut counties don't care either. Here are some things that Hoosiers outside the donut counties actually care about. And by the way, why am I focusing on that? I grew up in Henry County and I have spent the majority of my life when I wasn't in Wisconsin for college um, in the outside area, not in Marion County or, or the, the surrounding counties. And the things that I have heard repeatedly from those Hoosiers, who is, to be honest, to the show's kind of geared more towards, uh, are not who Eric Holcomb knew 10 years ago, who may or may not have whatever. Number one, um, the roads are awful. Now, Hammer and Nigel and, of course, Matt Baer have, have talked about the roads quite a bit. Uh, and there's a little bit more that you should probably be aware of as to why the roads have gotten so terrible in the last 10 years. And I'm not just talking about the roads in downtown Indianapolis. Look, Post Road has not been a road since like 1982. Um, Indianapolis roads are terrible, period, because it's Indianapolis. And I mean, if they can't stop shooting, what makes you think they're going to fill potholes? Uh, but the county roads. So if you actually get outside of Indianapolis, why are those roads degrading so fast? And it's not just because we're having a lot of freezing and thawing. Freezing and thawing has been going on in January through March for as long as Indiana has been around. And that does destroy the roads. But there is a reason why there are fewer trucks to go around in a lot of counties to fix these issues, despite the massive, massive budgets that the Indiana legislature has put into road maintenance. And that's that's quite honestly because these uh, counties are building massive amounts of subdivisions, warehouse burgs, and in the more uh, urban counties, bike lanes, bus lanes, and uh, sidewalk gentrification, in which they, they refurbish historic downtown sidewalks and side streets. And uh, there's very little left for anyone else. And that's, that's the honest to God truth. You want to know why like, there isn't actually a whole lot of road fixing going on in counties like Han Henry and Hancock and Wayne and Rush and all of the counties on the, in the south and the west and, and the northern central part of Indiana? The reason is because counties are spending their road maintenance project budgets on smaller, more upscale suburban area projects. 
So the reason why your county road, 400 north, 800 west, is turned into rubble is because oh, there's simply not enough money left at the end of the month to fix your road. So they come, they chop it up, and they chip and seal it, and your county saves the money left over to subsidize some business, some mattress storage warehouse, to move into the county and plop it self right next to your main state road and there's very little money left for in front of your house i'm sorry you'll have to repair the axles of your car six times over the next two years those are stories and situations that matter to hoosiers and again we don't just have to talk about the the local issues we can talk about the state which continues to pump millions of dollars into indiana's education system despite the fact that kids are not learning more indiana's education system is not improving and now, finally, for the very first time in decades, we are actually taking a look at maybe instead of just throwing more money at a problem, which may fix a political primary, but doesn't fix an education system. Uh, we're actually discovering maybe we need to set some standards. Like if you can't read, you don't get passed on to the next grade. Those are things that Hoosiers care about because they immediately affect their kids and their property. That's important. I'm sorry, a little nonsense because Diego Morales was too stupid to know that he shouldn't endorse a candidate is not actually all that, does not actually all that matter that much. It just doesn't. I'm sorry, no one out there is like, hey, Diego Morales said I'm going to vote for Jim Banks, so I'm going to vote for Jim Banks too. Yeah, I'm going to, newsflash, everyone voting for the populist Diego Morales was already going to vote for Jim Banks, the most popular Republican representative in Indiana since Mike Pence. If you needed me to tell you that, either you live under a rock or just moved here from Arizona. There are some other serious national, international issues. We can talk about uh, Biden trying to pander to Shia Muslim groups by sending his staff to Michigan uh, to meet with individuals who have called for the uh, who have called for the extermination of Jews because he's worried the Muslims in Michigan around Dearborn won't vote for him come 2024. Uh, we could also talk about Washington, D.C. The trial date for Donald Trump's federal election interference case has been postponed indefinitely because Donald Trump's immunity case, which is fairly wild, is being considered uh, by uh, the federal uh, appeals courts. The border is worse than you can imagine. We'll hit that later. Up next, we're going to be talking about UNC Chapel Hill because just like Butler University, they're having quite a few issues with their Students for Justice in Palestine chapter. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. If there is one thing that I truly enjoy in life, it is delivering justice to organizations that have justice in their name. 
um, but actually don't want anything to do with justice. Of course, I'm talking about Students for Justice in Palestine. And uh, there is an organization when it comes to universities called Speech First. And uh, their executive director, Sharice Trump, is on with us this evening with some new news on that front out of UNC Chapel Hill. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, Tony. Absolutely. So just break this down. Tell us a little bit about this situation. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. So um, Barry Weiss, who's very well known, um, not just amongst the uh, free, you know, the, the Israel, pro-Israel folks, like she's not just like that. She also does like balanced journalism, objective journalism, free speech. That's a lot of what she represents. So there has been, uh, you know, a weird association with her coming out as just like very pro-Israel. But this event itself that happened at UNC Chapel Hill was actually an objectivism in journalism, which you, I'm sure, know very much about this this very, this very topic as well. Um, so she came to speak on that. She actually was invited to campus to speak on this uh, very special lecture that they have every year uh, it, back in September, before October. October 7th. So that was just goes to show what this event was meant to represent and how it was interpreted by the students for justice in Palestine. And so they, of course, organized the event was scheduled for this last month in January. Mm -hmm. They organized a walkout, which would be allowed. Uh, however, they uh, it turned into a shoutdown, um, which most folks don't realize is actually North Carolina is a unique state in this regard. It has a law against interrupting and disrupting uh, speaker events because it's and it was passed in 2017. It's called the Campus Free Speech Act, and all state institutions had to adopt policies that enforce this uh, by stating that there was going to be disciplinary sanctions on anyone who disrupted these types of events. And so, what we're calling on the university to do, because the students shouted down about halfway through the event, they started shouting everyone down. It was about 45. It was a good number of students. They also took seats away from any student who actually wanted to be there and sure. listen to what the speakers had to say. So I think it's important that we recognize that. Of course, they had a bunch of masks on. Let, let's not forget that North Carolina and many other states have laws against uh, protesting while wearing masks. But that's another question. Uh, and they basically initiated this kind of big shutdown. So they were escorted out. Eventually, the, uh, the policy was stated by an administrator. And after they were escorted out, as far as we know, no investigations, no disciplinary sanctions, no students have been punished. There's There needs to be a formal investigation launched against uh, the Students for Justice of Palestine chapter, because if they are a club that's recognized by the university and they violated not only the campus policy, but state law, they should be disbanded. They should lose their club status. And this is ultimately what we're asking for. Investigate the chapter to see if they conspire to actually shout down the event, which is not, you know, which is uh, against the state law. Uh, and also to whether, you know, to actually enforce and hold accountable the students who participated in it. Uh, again, this, this is a big teaching moment for the university, right. teaching about free speech, the American way of life, why it's important, but also the basic laws and, you know, the concepts of our First Amendment that, that students need to understand in order to become functioning citizens in our society. I think that's really the point. We're on with Sharice Trump from Speech First, uh, going after UNC Chapel Hill because uh, Barry Weiss, a journalist who went to go speak to the university about objective journalism, not about the Israel and Palestine war, uh, but about uh, discussing journalism, uh, was shouted down, was prevented from speaking by a group of protesters from the Students for Justice in Palestine official club at the university. And uh, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. You have to let people speak according to North Carolina law. This is actually 
a trend that a lot of our listeners are familiar with at Butler mm-hmm. University in Indianapolis, there was a Students for Justice in Palestine official university club that held an extremely anti-Semitic uh, protest like three or four days after the October 7th attacks. And they sh- uh, at this event sponsored and hosted by the Students for Justice in Palestine chapter, uh, they chanted, uh, not a victim, not a crime. Um, obviously a very, very gross thing to chant after yeah. over 1200 people were raped, burnt and murdered. And the university did not investigate the students for justice in Palestine. Um, even though that group violated the university's non-discrimination policy for official clubs, mm-hmm. they went after and investigated for like five, six weeks, the, uh, Butler college Republican club for filing a complaint because they said that was inciting violence against uh, Palestinian students. Uh, it, it's amazing the, the standards that just double and multiply yeah, yeah. because you know, you and you know, if they're UNC Chapel Hill had a group of Republicans that shouted down, uh, you know, Nicole Hannah Jones, who came to speak. I mean, yeah. the FBI would have been sent in to drag these kids out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, not only is, as I've mentioned, a dereliction of duty on the part of the university mm-hmm. to just use these again as teaching moments to educate the students who clearly um, ha- either don't understand the value of free speech in this country or don't respect it. Um, but it's also an opportunity to enforce the policies that exist. And I mean, we can talk about how many laws mm-hmm. in this country that exist that are just not being enforced. Um, and th- this is it's just a really important thing here. All we're asking the universities to do is enforce its existing policies. Right. There have been a number of campuses across the country, including in DC, George Washington University, uh, who've disbanded the Students for Justice of Palestine chapters because they violated campus policies. So uh, this- well, not just campus policies. I mean, that sounds like, well, they, they've also done little boo-boos. No, I mean, vandalism, physical yeah. assault, um, yeah. all other kinds of things that violate state and federal law. These Students for Justice in Palestine chapters are just special. Yeah, well, and I, I think it's important to r- recognize, at least here, that uh, there has been, uh, with the national organization, a good amount of ties to funding and fundraising for terrorist organizations such as Hamas and Hezbollah. <gasps> <laughs> Did I look shocked? I, I don't feel like I look shocked enough there. <laughs> but this is part of the reason why you even see in Florida, where you have DeSantis actually challenging uh, whether the club should exist at all if they're tied to a national terrorist organization. Now, let's let's clarify, though, because this is important that I'll have people kind of on the, the libertarian left side of things that will say, right. oh, well, you're actually for quashing groups that you don't agree with. No, that's that's not what I said. I have no problem if students want to get together on their own time and, and their own house or whatever and say, hey, we're this university students for justice in Palestine chapter. That's fine. I don't care. But I do have an issue if my taxpayer funded dollars or university, which receive federal funding, are giving part of their funds, part of their property, an official university acknowledgement and club status, as you said, to a group associated and openly cavorting Mm -hmm. with terror, like very open terrorists, not like suspected terror, but like very open and flagrant celebrators of rape and violence. Yes, internationally recognized terrorist organizations. And so... (laughs) 
for now, at least. Yeah, I do. So, uh, so yeah, this is again all. We're, what is the point of having a law or a policy if it's not going to be enforced? Mm-hmm. I, I've said this time and time again. Accountability cannot just be some boogeyman in a back room that never materializes because that's not going to be a deterrent factor. If we're really looking at changing the culture on universities back to something that is pro free speech, pro discussion, pro seeking truths and reason, using our sort senses of reason to have logical discussions and debates on various political issues. If we really want to get back to that, we can't do that. If we're, we're shouting down speakers, we're preventing people from talking, we're punishing dissenters. And when I say punishing dissenters, I mean, actually investigating students who go against the university's woke dogma. I mean, this is something when we talk about bias reporting systems, rewriting harassment policies to define harassment as basically just causing someone to be offended. Uh, This is what is happening across the country. It is not just where we see the SJP chapters coming in and shouting people down, preventing speakers from talking. It goes much further than that. It's much more insidious. University administrators are not just shirking their responsibilities here to educating students, but a lot of them do have their own political agendas and they are using the university system to, to see those through. I think that's very apt and and well put. There is very little that is not worth fighting for when it comes to accountability in what laws are being upheld and and when at the whims of individuals who, again, have more political aims at heart. Uh, Sharice Trump, thank you so much. Speechfirst.org. You guys should all go there and follow uh, the excellent work that they're doing to ensure that free speech and accountability is first and foremost with your tax dollars at university. Thanks again, Sharice. Thanks for having me. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening. Welcome back to the Tony Kennett Cast. I'm Tony Kennett, and uh, this morning I had uh, kind of an, an interesting conversation that really kind of turned over what I had planned to talk about for the segment this evening. Um, so just a little bit of transparency, how normally I frame the show is there are a couple of major news stories that I think impact the common Hoosier, um, who is kind of my target audience for the show. And I'll try to pick uh, the quick news roundup with the most breaking news, because, again, often is uh, by the time this slot rolls around, something that Jason Hammer and Nigel Laskowski and the rest of the WIBC crew and I used to talk about quite often is that some of the shows that used to play during this time slot would just be repeats of earlier broadcasts on other syndicated shows around the country. So no one was giving you breaking news and information 
um, during this time. And uh, once the quick news roundup is kind of out of the way, we usually talk a cultural segment. We have kind of an interview with someone that is either interesting or, or relevant to, again, an experience that those around Indiana are facing. Uh, and every once in a while, there is something that occurs that completely throws my plan out of whack. And that was this morning. I, I went into uh, the WIBC building downtown Um and it was because I had a stack of letters that, uh, quite honestly, Rob Kendall had been pestering me about for like a week, this big stack of mail that I, I never get because I never drive into Indianapolis. Again, as, as Tony Katz learned, you have to dodge um, pits like your Indiana Jones just to make it down to that building on Monument Circle. Um, but as I was on my way out, I was getting ready to do a segment with Kendall and, and Casey again about all of the local nonsense we're forced to cover instead of things that matter. Um, we, an individual showed up, uh, who's a, a friend of the station who, um, is an individual in the department of Homeland security, um, who's a decorated, uh, both military veteran and law enforcement officer who had just spent, uh, over a month down at the Southern border. And I don't mean down at the Southern border as in, uh, like when a dignitary goes to the Southern border and they kind of stand afar off like a military general in the colonial era. Um, I'm talking like he was down on the border uh, looking at individuals across, and um, he started to tell us about his experiences. And some of the stories that he shared, again, not grandiose, you know, kind of big, huge, fancy stories, but just what it was like for him day to day seeing how awful the southern border is really does lend credit to individuals saying um, that this is one of the greatest crises to face the United States. So uh, allow me to explain a few things about the situation on the border, because you all, you always hear what's going on on this side of the border, and you never hear what's going on on the other side. In fact, what I've from the Hoosiers that I've talked to, <clears throat> most people believe that Basically, there's like nothing like the government isn't really doing anything. There's no one really around. And there's just people all walking towards the border. There's like a big open desert and it's just people walking across it to the United States or driving to it. Maybe human smugglers are driving, you know, 400 miles and dropping off their payloads or, or escorting them across. If it's a human smuggling and trafficking or, or a sex child sex trafficking operation. And that's what the other side of the border looks like. That is not at all what the southern border looks like. So, um, first of all, you need to understand the states of Mexico. You, you actually need to understand um, some of the states that border uh, Mexico to the south. So, um, below California, there's Baja, California, which we're not really going to talk about. And then there is Sonora, which is a state that goes from the, the south of Arizona over to New Mexico. And then below that, next to that is Chihuahua. And then uh, a couple of others in, in a slightly more populated region. The, the places to focus on are Sonora and Chihuahua, Sonora especially. So below the states of Sonora and Chihuahua to their south is a state called Sinaloa, which is the home of the most dangerous cartel, if not one of the most dangerous and evil organizations on Earth that I would put up next to Al Qaeda or uh, ISIS in its peak. The Sinaloa drug cartel is the most powerful drug cartel on the face of this planet. They handle the majority of drug trafficking and human smuggling in the Western Hemisphere. And 
the way the Sinaloa cartel operates, first of all, the, the, the brutal rapes, beatings, and drug trafficking that takes place not even a mile from the border. Like Border Patrol agents and Department of Homeland Security agents are standing there watching as a mile away in their line of sight. There are people being slaughtered. There are people that are, are being butchered, like their arms cut off because they, they came to the border without paying. We'll talk about that in a second. People who are being raped, children who are being raped, and because the United States doesn't want to cause any international incidents, oh, you know, impede the the sovereign territory of the United States of Mexico, the the U.S. border agents and and the federal patrols are forced to sit there and do nothing. Which, which, by the way, uh, Western culture has not exactly had a history of doing when they arrived um, in, in, in the Americas. Uh, when when savages were raping innocent women and children or sacrificing them as the Mayans did, um, I, I just would like to make it clear that that individuals uh, of of the Western civilization and culture have never really taken too kindly to that. And of course, look, there are a, a million and a half sins of colonialism to discuss. But as far as how awful it was to look into that man's eyes this morning. And watch him describe some of the things that he saw going over the border. He described incidents in which there was gunfire across the border because the Sinaloa cartel has a blockade from the state of Sonora through Chihuahua, the rural areas where it's it's easier to sneak into the United States, like really from from uh, Arizona down through to New Mexico and then um, through the western half of texas is where the majority of the illegal immigration takes place because that's the rural kind of out in the middle of nowhere areas for people to cross the border and in these situations the sinaloa cartel lines up and basically posts kind of pseudo outposts the mexican military by the way does nothing uh the mexican military has like four thousand um pickup trucks with like mini guns and heavy machine guns on top of them and they they absolutely do nothing when sinaloa cartel members show up the mexican government leaves they're terrified of them the sinaloa cartel has effectively routed the mexican government in at least seven states the state of mexico has fallen i'm, I'm sorry it just has there is no state of mexico it is a drug cartel state and this blockade of people will wait for individuals to get up to the border and then they will ask for payment like a toll like a bridge troll and if you don't pay them, they can kill you, rape you, cut off arms, gut organs in payment. And then what are you going to do? Nothing. And in some cases, individuals do attempt to do something. They try to fight back. They try to fire uh, weapons at the Sinaloa cartel gang members. And these Sinaloa thugs, if they do get shot, this again, this DHS official, official told Rob Kendall, Casey and I this morning, will then cross the border Mutter the phrase, I'm seeking asylum. Again, a bleeding, clearly defined Sinaloa cartel member. They will then receive free medical treatment and food at the expense of your money. You are paying for Sinaloa cartel members to receive medical treatment and food. And then, as soon as they're better, they will then cross the border back into Mexico now that they've gotten medicated and fed. And they will continue butchering and raping people coming north who can't pay. That's what's going on in the South. So when people pretend that like there's a bunch of like friendly Mexican farmers that are all wearing like ponchos and sombreros like it's 1897 and you're watching a John Wayne movie. No, that's not that's not what Mexico is like at all in the states of Sonora and Chihuahua. 
It is a chaotic Mad Max style wasteland that is governed by the most vicious organization of human animals on this planet that have not a shred of decency in them. And so when you have presidents that talk about taking military action against Mexico, it's not out of some grand imperialistic expansion and manifest destiny of the United States. What is going on on the other side of the border puts every single case of sexual assault that has occurred in, 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 in situations of, of border patrol regions on the United States side, these alleged cases of, oh, well, border patrol agents are, are getting frisky when they're, they're frisking immigrants that cross into the country. Compared to what is going on in the, in the line of sight of border agents on the other side of the border is beyond, I, I, can't, I physically can't comprehend it. And again, this is confirmed by individuals that I worked with from the Daily Signal that have gone down there. Governor Holcomb is going down there right now. It is a truly terrible thing. That is, This is the greatest crisis the United States has faced this century other than 9-11. Without a doubt, what is going on on our southern border. Up next, we're going to be talking about something a little bit more light-hearted. Uh, Allison and I are going to talk about uh, the expanse of air fryers, the Instapot, and uh, how that meshes uh, with the modern kitchen economy. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett and uh, I, I got to tell you, um, I have just about had it uh, with uh, my combination air fryer. Allison, are you out there in, in the great ether? Hello, hello. Um, do you have an air fryer? So I personally don't, but uh, I think the majority of my friends absolutely do. <laughs> okay, so the majority of these friends, do, do they have like the actual like air fryer that looks like a half sphere kind of a thing that has the drawer you pull out? Or do they have one of those combination like microwave oven air fryer things? Oh, I think it's more like the like you're talking about the basket where you pull it out and it's kind of bigger. Yeah, so I don't... I have own i didn't own one of those i I had a friend um when i was just out of college i would go to their house and they had one of those and it's it was okay um i mean the again the whole kind of joke is that it's a uh it's it's a it's a very it's just a convection oven you know what i mean like again the convection oven is just like hot air blowing around and the um, is that why you haven't sunk money into an air fryer of your own yet i just don't have the counter space to be honest (laughs) and Ah. i take up a lot of counter space but do, you, do you have a toaster? Yes, but I keep that in the pantry and only use it when necessary. 
Oh, for first of all, how are you not using your toaster all the time? Think of all the toast, the bagels, <laughs> the toaster strudels that you could be missing out on. Do you know how delicious? Do you remember? Did you have toaster strudels as a kid? Loved it. Oh, my gosh. My wife has recently started purchasing toaster strudels. The best thing about having kids is that your wife will buy or your, 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 your husband or your spouse, whatever. The person who does the grocery shopping when you have children, they will start purchasing food for the kids that is like wonderful and there is no law out there that says that you also can't go and enjoy those delicious non-adult foods toaster strudels are back baby and the air fryer does a horrible job of cooking them or the, the microwave oven it's awful don't don't cook toast in a microwave oven don't do it have you have you done have you ever done that i have not i've never thought about putting toaster strudel oh in the gosh, air fryer it's, it's ter- well i mean the, so these toaster ovens have air fryer settings and um okay. i guess the, the point that i want to get to is that uh there's this very weird the entire idea for this segment came from my wife who really really wants this this cuisine this cuisine art um like four in one coffee maker it can it can make like a pot of coffee it can do k-cup pods it can do nespresso pod things it's got a milk frothery thing and it's like an all-in-one device and i have a theory all-in-one devices are awful all-in-one device every all-in-one device we've ever had has like completely failed its garbage any kitchen device that that tries to be everything ends up breaking or cutting you or being ridiculously difficult to clean like do you remember the slap chop that you used to see commercials for oh yeah (laughs) I, i don't care how easy vince made the slap chop look that thing was ridiculous to clean it's like all 487 angles and like the bacteria is grown and it's disgusting. That air fryer, the combination toaster oven, air fryer, back scratcher. I can't clean that thing at all. And it does not toast the food properly. I'm saying 2024 is the year that we ditch all of these like fake appliances and return to the classics. You got the oven, you got the toaster, you got the microwave. And this this brings me to the most important question I will ask you all evening. When you were a kid, you ate pizza rolls, yes? The Tostino's pizza rolls? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, How did you prepare the Tostino's pizza rolls as a kid? Because this will change how I view you. Answer this carefully. I think they popped. We just popped them in the oven. Oh, okay. Ah, you scared me. You said popped them in, and I said, she's going to say the microwave, (laughs) and we're going to be done. That that soggy, nasty bread. Yeah, it's, it's worth the wait when it's in the oven. That's for sure. I will say one thing of air fryers. Air fryers have revolutionized how we prepare those kind of snacks. Toast, so uh, not toaster strudels maybe, but um, Tostino's pizza rolls and egg rolls and taquitos and all of the other frozen fried foods. It fantastic way to prepare them. They're, they're delicious. Do you have an Instapot? Uh, I don't. Wow, I really... I. I really thought that you might have some of these things. It's really leaving me out to dry here. How do you cook? What do you cook in? Listen, this is the problem. I, I don't really cook. That's that's why I, I I know other people who do, but I don't personally cook. I, I've never okay. been good at it. Well, if you, if you had said, yes, I do have an Instapot, I was going to say, well, here's my big gripe with the Instapot. And then I was going to say this. My big issue is that everything burns all the time. Like I will put in, you're supposed to just like put all the stuff in and then it's, it's a, it's the pot's just a pressure cooker. Um, so then like you pressure cook it and then it all turns out wonderful. And there's a recipe that I love. It's called a Mississippi pot roast. It was introduced to me by a fellow teacher when I was at Lawrence North. And here's the recipe. It's just this simple and it is way better than any pot roast you grew up on. If you do not believe me, you're wrong. It beats the carrots and potatoes 
roast where like the carrots and potatoes have no flavor. You know the roast I'm talking about. It's like drier than a mouse fart. It's horrible. Here's the recipe that saves your life. Um, two pounds of, of chuck roast, a stick of butter, half a jar of pepperoncini peppers, and then on top of that, a packet of ranch seasoning and a packet of au jus. And, and by the way, with the uh, pepperoncini peppers, that's half the juice as well as half the pepperoncini peppers. Cook that at high pressure for an hour. It is the best roast I have ever had. Hands down, it is delightful. You can reduce the gravy when it's done by pressing the saute button on your Instapot. Or if you don't have an Instapot, stick this in a crock pot for four hours on high, eight hours on low. It is the best recipe ever. You say, but a Mississippi pot roast, doesn't that like, that just doesn't sound good. If you guys don't think the people in the South who come up with weird Betty Crocker crock pot recipes are geniuses, I don't know what to tell you. So Allison, I know you don't cook. I know you're not really the chef of chefs, but you've got to try the Mississippi pot roast. It... Did you have pot roast as a kid, at least? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Oh. So are you saying the Instapot is just not ideal for these roasts like you thought they would be? Well, the, the, it burns all the time. So you have to put oh. in enough liquid into the pot or else the sensor senses something is too warm and then it automatically shuts off. Are you sure it's not a user so, error? I No, <laughs> I, I swear everyone has this problem. That's about it for this evening, guys. Make sure you catch out, you check out the podcasts. This has been the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. We'll see you on Monday.